You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our patrons. Visit mashthosebuttons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details. Welcome to the Torn and the Goblin, a Mash Those Buttons podcast about Warcraft story and lore. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm Gragthar, Torn Hunter on Skywall US. And I'm Katie, Clanker Goblin Resto Shaman on Earthen Ring US. And today is September 22nd, 2021, and this is episode number 133. I can't even keep track anymore. I. Mm. Actually, that, I think that sounds right. I think that sounds right, too. Yes. I think so. Who's ever listened to the last episode and goes into this and be like, you lied to me? <laughs> it's, what was it? it's episode... No, 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 no. Sir Mardo. And we're finally... We're, we're done talking about other uh, sci-fi fantasy properties for a little bit. No Star Wars, no Marvel. Yep. Um, at least I don't, I, don't, I don't think we'll be bringing that up tonight. No, we're... we're I mean- we're pretty diverse in our scope of comparing, so it might just like wiggle its way in there, I've, but that's not the theme for tonight. I've got to admit, I have a lot of Mass Effect on the brain. I'm way into Mass Effect 2 right now, so I might mm-hmm. randomly start bringing up Shepard and the Reapers and whatnot. So, um, Shepard. Yeah, exactly. If that happens, <laughs> so be it. <laughs> I should get going. I should go. I should get going. I should go. Anyway, sorry. Yes. <clears throat> Good old Mass Effect. Oh, uh, yes. But uh, no, tonight we're finally going to talk about Grimoire of the Shadowlands. Yes. Uh, I've the long been, awaited. Yes. I've been waiting to talk about this for quite some time since since it was announced. I was very hyped up for this to come out. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it's a book that, that was released. Ah, yeah. Well, okay. Okay. So uh, I guess I, I want to put in perspective. So like, I think this book is good for people that don't follow the lore super closely um mostly because it it, like it does a good job summarizing things but it also has like little nuggets of new information for those of us that have been following everything so like it's a good like almost like a summary of interacting with everything that we have in the shadowlands up until uh nine one i think uh it's kind of like oh here's the breakdown of all of the things that like i don't know (laughs) Like it, it seems oversimplified to some of us, at least in my opinion, that have like really dug into the lore. Like it's not chronicle level of lore, but it's like it's still good for someone that's like, hey, I, like my brother. It's like oh, I auto skipped all of my quests. What the f is going on? And I'm like, okay, well here. And he's like, I don't know, I don't know who the brokers are. I'm like, okay, that's a, its own whole can of worms, but. Uh, it was a book. It wasn't bad. It just, I think it was not what a lot of us lore enthusiasts were expecting. And that's why some of us were like, eh, I don't know. Do you remember when Shadowlands launched? I talked about how I, I, I compared how the hub cities and in particular Oribos, since that's our current hub city, to like mm-hmm. a college dorm. Yep. Like you go in there and you're there for like a year and you get to know, and then you move on to the next place. 
This felt like I had to go to the college bookstore and buy like my intro to Shadowlands textbook. <laughs> and this is what like the syllabus is going to be based out of for the next, you know, three months of the semester. That, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty accurate. Like, yeah, it's like intro 101 to the Shadowlands, but like, It'd be like if you took a biology course and they're like, intro to biology, but then there's still things in there that you're like, oh, I didn't know this thing, like, about dogs or like some, or I didn't know that spiders have like book-like lungs. Like, so it has like little bits of information that are interesting, like the Bonsomni piece that you're like, oh, like, they're just kind of like sprinkled in there to keep you sort of interested. And then at the end, it's interesting because they're like, here's a tease, but then now the book's over and you're like, ah, okay, well, I kind of. I don't want to say I felt like duped, but like I was hoping it would be a little more like Chronicle, although I enjoyed the way it was told. Like, I like that it was told through a broker because I think that's a really interesting narrative. Uh, but yeah, like when we were like going through the covenants, I was like, this feels like, you know, like an inch deep and like a mile wide. Like, so they cover a lot of stuff, but it's not super deep. Um, yeah. Right. No, well, it's not even... It's not even that part of the problem too is it's like, okay, you're taking intro to the Shadowlands, except you took advanced high school Shadowlands in your senior year of high school. So you've kind right. of seen a lot of this material before. Maybe it's a little bit different. Of course, the professors got their own spin because yeah, they graduated from Broker University. So right. they, you know, they're bringing their bias as they try to educate you. And it's, you know, it's informative and all, but a lot, a lot of it felt like if you've been playing Shadowlands, a lot of it felt mm -hmm. redundant. And so yeah. when, you, especially when you're like, let's get to the good stuff, let's get to the good stuff. Like, tell me who the first ones are. Tell me what all this means. And you get to that last 10 pages when they finally like kind of touch that. They tease, they tease it, it. And it's just like, uh, and the, the other problem too, is that we had the, the, uh, the in-game messages from, uh, Al Farim, mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, in Tazavesh. And he's referenced in here, but I made the complete mistake. I thought he was going to be like, this book was going to, oh, it's, they're going to take his notes and they're going to expand on that. And no, he ah. talks, he talked about the other broker. This is the other broker that he was talking about that. He says like, yeah, she's just a, a, a tool of uh, the cartel and she doesn't know what she's writing about. And, and she, you know, and so already he's kind of talking smack about her. So this is her book. And she talks a little bit of smack about him and <laughs> it just, I, those letters, see those letters again, that's the stuff that you really see in like the last 10 pages. That's when it gets interesting. And I was really hoping like, okay, they're putting these letters in the game. That's what the bulk of this is going to be. And it was not. No, it's, it's definitely so like what I enjoy about what they're doing is they're definitely setting up for a larger narrative, but I can also see why they kept this book kind of bare bones. Cause like in some aspects, they don't want to write themselves into a corner, uh, which I mean, I, I could argue on many points that in some areas they have and in some they definitely haven't. And it's like almost too broad. Um, but like, I don't think that this is bad. Like, I think this is a good entry because I've definitely been like, yeah, friend, ex friend of mine. Like you not not like they're not a friend anymore, but just a friend of mine. Like, hey, you should read Chronicle if you're interested in Warcraft lore. And they cracked it open. They're like, I, I can't. This this is just I don't know what's going on. I hate it. And I'm like, okay, so here's the, the visual guide of Warcraft instead. And that went better. But, um, you know, this one's a good, like, in-between. 
Uh, and I think what's really cool about this and the way that it's been uh, kind of delivered is that like five expansions from now when I'm like, I don't remember what happened. I mean, I do remember what happened to Shadowlands, but I'm like I need reference material for X part of the covenant that I don't remember and I don't have time to go play through the whole thing. This is nice because you're like, ah, yes, here's kind of like the TLDR on the things and then it'll jog your memory for things that you might have experienced. So um, I don't think it was a bad entry. And again, like I am all for getting more people in the lore and making it like easier for people to consume. Because uh, there there is some argument to be said for like people people don't want to go outside the game to learn the narrative. And I'm like, okay, I do understand. But like, I don't know. And also like having narrative outside the game gives them a lot more uh, to... I guess it gives them a lot more space to develop things and really go into depth where you might not be able to do that in the game. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, honestly. But I, th- I think you bring up though a point with respect to the broader Warcraft narrative strategy, and that's when you have the books like these, the extracurricular materials. It's usually not the casual like, "Hey, I really haven't paid attention to the quest text. You know, how can I get caught up quickly?" Those are usually the people who are not. De- you know, they're not buying, at least not buying a day one. They might, you know, somebody might recommend them. Oh, by the way, this book's good. You should go check that out later on. But the people that are buying a day one, the people that are pre-ordering it, the people that are waiting on this from the day it's announced, staring at the calendar, you know, like with a little bit of drool <laughs> coming out of the corner of their mouth, like waiting, like, where is this book? You know, the, the people that are getting the the emails from Amazon, like, I'm sorry, your book is delayed for for no apparent reason, but I guess it had to do with some supply chain logistic issues. And then, you know, like a month later it comes. Or crying in the corner until then. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're the people that, you know, we, we don't need, you know, Shadowlands 101. We want like Shadowlands like 404, like, you know, 404 would be like a not found joke, but um, no, like, you know, like, like Shadowlands like 401, like, you know, like deep advanced, like, you know, Mm -hmm. studies of liches and rituals from uh, Maldraxxus. Like, you know, we want the, we want the deep cuts. Yep. (laughs) You know, and so, yeah, you know, from, from my perspective, like, yeah, it's, it, 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 I, I think, I think there was a problem with the marketing that it wasn't effectively advertised as like, you know, a nice, and I, and maybe, maybe it was, cause I, I think it did say like, it, you know, covers everything in the Shadowlands, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I guess I just didn't expect it to cover so much of what we knew. Right. Like if you played the like if you just play the main storyline you basically know most of this stuff like actually that's basically what it covers it is the main storyline not not the actual narrative itself but like everything for each covenant that's explored in the narratives and there's they go a little deeper like but not a lot like i guess like in the actual covenants themselves i feel like you get more lore just being in the covenant and like talking to the NPCs in game than you actually get in this book, which was almost disappointing because like I would have loved, um, I would have loved a chronicle version of this where it's like here are all the deep dives that you've seen already, and like yeah, you're just talking like like flectries and liches and like I rune carving, like they go into a lot of these things sort of, but I feel like there's a lot more depth, like the histories of these things, and like it. it this was a good. Yeah, it was kind of like a summary of everything. It's like reading a summary in a, a scientific paper. You're like, okay, but like, where's the good stuff? Like, I, I know these things and they're good, but. <sighs> and, and and that's the thing, like, again, like, 
to compare it to Chronicle, like there was stuff in Chronicle. We Chronicle answered questions we didn't even know we had. Right. Like because and it brought it, up more it, questions. Right. Right. And, and exactly. But like think of, like we found out that the Titans were dead. We didn't know that mm-hmm. the Titans were dead, and now we're like, oh, and now we have more questions about the Titans being dead. But at least that explains where have the Titans been? Oh, they've been dead. Okay, they makes sense. Dead. And you know, there was a, a ton of little stuff like that in Chronicle that, as they laid out the the universe, there was stuff that was addressed. Like, okay, like here's what's going on behind the scenes. You know, here we're gonna just lay it out, boom, 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 in order, so you understand when you're running around, like you know, like uh, the Badlands or whatever, why there's uh, a Titan facility there that all you know, right? You know, stuff like that. And so. I was hoping for more of that kind of stuff, like especially uh, I have been fascinated by the first ones since the first time I, you know, those words were uttered. I think, I don't know if it was Ian or whoever, the, whatever BlizzCon mentioned, like, oh yeah, you know, like the first ones are behind everything here and we're going to find, you know, I want to know all about the first ones. I want their, you know, their chronicle, the first ones or whatever. That's what I'm looking for. And that's not. Not what I got. And to be fair, the book is called Grimoire of the Shadowlands, not Grimoire of the First One. So I'll take I'll take a, on the chin there. But I, I mean, we might. I, I don't think we'll get like a sub. Well, we make it a supplementary. Like, don't forget the other thing about this is Shadowlands isn't over yet. Right. So even though it's, the, even though it's 10 months old. I know. I know. But like. That's something that's important because, like, if they are going, I, I would fully expect them there to be another grimoire or not grimoire, but another. Um, wow, I just lost it. Uh, Chronicle. Chronicle. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, so I would expect there to be another Chronicle because, like, what's cool about Chronicle right now is they they keep kind of like following up to the expansions and explaining a lot of the things that we see. And so I would expect there to be another one coming out at some point that will cover the Shadowlands probably in greater depth. Um, it'd be nice if there was one just for the Shadowlands, because it's like, there are that many questions about the Shadowlands, like, how does the construct of death work? And they're like, well, here's, here's like a 101 class. And I'm like, no, 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 I like want a master's level class in this, because I have so many questions. The thing is, like, they've introduced this expansion of the cosmology. Yes. And... And again, that that started primarily with the chart in Chronicle yes. One, going you know, so cool. going back to there, right? And it, it you know it's like okay, we're in the Shadowlands, we are actively exploring a part of that cosmology, trying to figure this out. After this, you know, like who knows what the next expansion is going to be? My guess is we're going to go back and do something on Azeroth, something. Hmm. It's especially, I mean, there's a fair number of people out there who are like, just get us back to Azeroth. I'm sick of this Shadowlands stuff. And that's fair. You know, you know, I, I, you know, you're tired of every expansion. You just want to go back to, you know, you don't want, want to do something different. You go back to Azeroth, I'm tired of Azeroth. Let me get me off this, you know, planet. Let me do something else. Right. Right. But <laughs> I mean, we're just on Azeroth for a whole expansion. People are like, oh, get me off this rock. Yeah. So, now they're like, oh, let me go back to the rock. <laughs> the rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, what's it, uh, Alcatraz Island or something or? Alcatraz? Well, yeah. Alcatraz. Al- oh. No, the one. What's the the version in game? Oh, um, yeah, I think I think it is. Al- is it? Al- it is like Alcatraz. It's something yeah. similar to that. If it's not that, is that yes. that's off uh, Dustwallow Marsh, isn't it? Is that Dustwallow or is it? I thought it was uh, near Stranglethorn. No, I think it was Dustwallow. I think you're yeah. right because there was one off the coast of Stranglethorn, and then there's one off the coast of Dustwallow. I think. See, anyway, I need see, to you go know do that, those. That, that felt good talking about ethereal Azeroth. oh gosh it's been a hot minute since we've done that yes yes try to remember your old uh eastern kingdoms and calendar maps oh man i need to go back there i really do yes so no but 
so they've got this expansion of the lore, and presumably the next expansion, we're not going to be playing with this. So it's one of those things, like, if these questions don't get answered in Shadowlands, how long are they going to be out there? We know they like to, you know, they, they have the sort of rolling three expansions. Oh, we're going to introduce, introduce something here. We'll kind of, you know, like the question will get answered three expansions or two or three expansions from now. So I, I, mm-hmm. I get that. And maybe, you know, they're going to get, give a lot of stuff here and then wait, you know, wait, and then I'll come back. But I want the, ans- I wanted the answers. I mean, what is it? It's, 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 been, it's been over a year. It's been over a year since yep. we had Shadowlands, uh, the, or Afterlives Uther. That was August yeah. of last year. Oh, that was so good. And, I've wanted answers like since before then, and this I'm still waiting on my answers. So, well, and that might be one of those things, like I said a little bit earlier, where they don't want to write themselves into the corner. Because the other thing I could see is that they have a larger narrative with the first ones to weave in, and like, yes, a lot of the nitty gritty questions might never be answered, which is a shame because I have so many questions, but uh, there might be some larger puzzle pieces that they can't weave in or can't talk about yet because they're going to like weave the larger narrative of the first ones into some of that and how it interacts with each other. Um, like we already talked about Elune and how like she's part of the, I guess for lack of a better word, it's like a the pantheon of life. Um, that's that's so where I, I ex- seem to be going with her. That, so I would expect us to go to something like that which would be really weird so i'm like what does that look like i thought like maybe that would be like azeroth but like what what because like death makes sense right it's like oh this is where the souls go when they die it's like is this a staging ground for souls like being reincarnated or like what is the pantheon of life like what what happens there is just it's like the emerald dream or just everything's like alive but it's not yet because it needs to go i don't know so that was kind of weird for me to think about i think there's a a, a broader question as well um, which is sort of like, why, why did the first ones set up this whole machine? Because I mean, you right. get to, you get to the end of the book to, to jump ahead here since we haven't even started talking about the beginning of the yes. book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as but, we do. As you do. But you get to the end of the book and you've got the nice little, uh, the chart that's been floating around, uh, since I think somebody in Australia was nice enough to post it online when they got their copy of the book. Um, but it's the, it's the, the chronicle chart, but it's. Invert, not inverted, but it's adjusted for the Shadowlands perspective. So you've got death right. and life are super big, and then you've got the. It's not not exactly an, uh, an Aurorabos, but it's the uh, the snake kind of. You've got the a live snake and the dead snake kind of twisting around in like an infinity shape, mm-hmm. where you see like the live snake is eating the dead snake's tail, and the dead snake is eating the live snake's tail, and it's not it's not clear. It's not clear because like the way like where they actually would cross is obscured, so it's not mm-hmm. clear if it's, is it that the live snake's head is actually the dead snakes like is the, does the live snake then go to a dead snake and the dead snake go to a live snake like is it two separate circles and they're half alive and half dead or is it the 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 dead snake crosses over and it's biting the tail of the 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 live one and then the live one crosses back over like more like a figure eight i think it's just i mean like yeah th- that's an interesting <laughs> enough question but i'm like i don't know if they read that far into it so no, I'm, <laughs> it I'm, might just be one of those where like this represents you know, eternity essentially, because there's life and death, but they're also in that constant struggle against each other. Um, so we'll see. The other question I have about that is: Does that at all relate to Gundrak, where they had the giant snake that was running yeah! under the dungeon that never got I, explained? <laughs> I was so bummed that they never did that. Um, I think that's isn't that snake supposed to be a Loa? Yes, Maybe? I think so. Yeah, I think so. There, there. I'm trying to remember. There is a snake loa, but I don't think it's the one that I'm thinking of. Um, no, I think there's another one. I'm. I mean, like that's like saying, ah, yes, there is a tiger loa. I'm like, 
okay. Or there's a Loa of death. I'm like, okay, well, there's, there's the Loa of death. And then, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's yeah. a lot of different, like, wild gods are like, oh, look, it's a really powerful X. And then there's like 20 of them. And you're like, okay, it's like this guy in this lore. And then there's a different one over here in this. I don't know. Yeah. So it, it could be. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's that that one's always bothered me because like, OK, so for those of you that don't know, uh, Gundrak is a dungeon up in Northrend and it, you go through a troll temple. And if you look down while you're running through parts of the dungeon, you see this massive snake body and it's it's massive. Like it takes up an entire corridor that's beneath you, but they never did anything with it. And I believe if I remember correctly, it was going to be like either a raid or a boss that they just never incorporated because there was a lot of things of Northrend they had to cut out. Like they they cut out uh, a Jules Narub, I think, if I remember correctly. They, like they, yeah, they, sc- out- they scaled it back massively. I was so sad, which is uh, for longtime listeners, you know how much I was bummed about that. But again, like so there's a lot of content we see that they had intentions for, but then they had to cut out. So that would be really cool if like. It turns out the snake's name is like Orbos or something, and it's like this divine <laughs> creature that like is a gateway to something. You just walk in its mouth. I kind of doubt that would happen, but it'd be neat. Uh, but it, actually, now that you mention it, it's interesting because the the um, uh, Gundrak trolls uh, Amani. No, no, that's a Zol. Zolfer. No, Zolferak is. Uh... Yeah, that's the, the south, the, yeah. No, it's Zoldrak, yeah. right? The Drakari tribe. Drakars. Yes, thank you. I was like, I, just, I had it. Um, well, my, kind of. My 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 five year old got a book. It's called Jabari Tries. It's about oh, this no. kid, and he's trying to do stuff. And I, I I keep hearing in my head from the Hordon fight, the announcer just like Jabari Tribe, even though that's not yes. what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I yes, that would be the only thing I hear. But uh, but yeah, no, it's like. It's interesting to think about that snake because that that temple does have a lot of death in it, right? There's like the necrotic magics of those people and they basically sold themselves to the Lich King, if I remember correctly. Um, and they were I think they were sacrificing their Loas. It's been a hot minute since I've been up there and done the quests, but that's what I remember. I think. But anyway, that was just a whole like, huh, that's an interesting coincidence. I'll probably not align in any way, shape or form. And I'll just sit here and be sad. <laughs> That's yeah. That's pretty much where we come down on a lot of this stuff. We're just gonna have to sit and be sad for a little bit. <laughs> sad, <laughs> perhaps. This is now the sad torn and the sad goblin podcast. <laughs> just let me just rip out pages of grimoire and just dab my tears. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was good. It was good. I would feel bad if I was like, ah, oh, this well, book sucked, and someone that wrote it was like, I listened to this podcast, like. I would feel bad. So when you read the book and you were angry, how far did you throw it? Uh, well, my dog didn't eat it. So that's a plus. Did you break any windows or furniture? No, but to be fair, all of my windows and or furniture is pretty uh, inconsequential for my rage. No. But yes. No, I- no, no I, for the record, I did not throw the book. I did not throw the book either. Although (laughs) I will say I did take it on an unfortunate camping trip in which the uh, title cover got wet. So now it crinkles every time I pick it up. It's like, so I'm like, ah, yes, let me just do stuff with grimoire. It's like, sorry. It's just, it's uh, it's weathered. So it feels like a, a, an ancient tome. It, it, you know, that, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. 
as I like try and shove it in my bookshelf and it kind of expands so it doesn't go in there correctly and yeah <sighs> but yeah so I don't know I think go ahead yeah well no so finish just... your thought and I was gonna say let's, let's actually get into talking about the contents instead of just <laughs> that's what I was gonna say so we're good we're on the same brainwave here all right good 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 all right All right, I guess we're done then. <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Awkward moment of silence. All right. No. Um, okay, so the first notes that I have here, because it starts off with a, a letter. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, this is where they establish that Ta Laura of Cartel Ta is the author <laughs> of the book. Uh, and uh, one of the things that she talks about is Venari uh, acting as, as, as the sole vendor in the Maw. And I guess she's speculating that Venari's done what Venari has done, you know, as far as cutting herself off from Cartel Vey, because she wants to be the sole vendor in the mall so that we're forced to rely on her whenever we go in there. Like that's, you know, basically setting up like a little monopoly. Yeah, which I thought that was interesting that they called out like, <laughs> I'll be honest when I say brokers remind me a little bit of goblins because they're like goblins for lore. Like they're, they're, there's definitely competition between the different broker cartels. Uh, and they they definitely like throw a little shade at each other like they have opinions and they're like oh well i don't know i i thought that was funny because it just it did like a little thing in my heart i'm like oh they're kind of like goblins <laughs> look at them throw shade at each other and be mean well it's the, the one thing is too like there's competition i think is maybe a polite way of putting it between uh you know the the different cartels here and I could see something down the line where like, okay, like maybe one cartel finds it advantageous to ally with the Alliance and another one, it makes sense for them to ally with the Horde. And so mm -hmm. we each have our own little broker, you know, association going forward. I don't think they'd be like an allied race or even a proper race because no. as far as, well, we'll, we'll get to yeah, here. Let's, let's, uh get to their physiology for a moment. There's a quote in here. It says, perhaps the appearance of our encounter suits, though designed to be aesthetically pleasing to mortal sensibilities are too unfamiliar, which means that huh. the way they appear, that's their encounter suit. Yes. Which made me laugh again. Cause like that actually brings up a lot of really interesting questions about them. Like I, we, we've seen that they definitely don't hold the same morals that a lot of us do. Like, uh, if you go to Rivendrath, like you can see them uh, capturing um, some of the. Well, why can't I think of them? The little guys. It's been a while since I played this game. The, the little guys, not the, not the dredges. Um, dredgers, like yeah. the little the dredgers. dredgers. Like yeah. so, they're um, they're abducting them. Like we've seen their collections. If you go through Orbos, like um, it's just one of those where it's like they have pretty loose morals and they'll do almost anything in pursuit of knowledge. Uh, and I think that means even undermining each other, which seems a little counterintuitive to me because it, it sounds like what they do is they go out and seek knowledge and then bring it back. And they have, as far as I understand, and this is kind of what I gained from Chronicle, is that each cartel has their own like library and collection and they sort of share it with the others, but they might not fully share everything they know with the other cartels. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like their currency is knowledge. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so... <laughs> talking about Venari and be a little salty about her being one of the few in in the Maw, which I was kind of surprised to see them down there in the first place, because I I don't know. Like, it just doesn't seem like a place you'd want a vacation even for knowledge, you know? Like, they most of them, I think, were under the impression it was a one-way trip. So, like, how would you even get your knowledge back without Maw markers? So, 
<sighs> well, it's clear that they don't operate on the same. I almost want to say plane that we do. Like there's def- that's true. There's definitely something different about them. The uh, the rules that they the rules for us don't apply for them, and the rules for us don't apply to the Shadowlands anyway because we're still kind of alive. Right. But um, yeah, there's there's definitely something odd about them that we don't quite get explained. But I think you know, going back to the encounter suits for a minute, like they have those little masks that over like the mm-hmm. little like I think the brokers are just the energy. Yep. And everything around them, that's their encounter. That's to make them look somewhat humanoid so that when we, we see them, we, you know, cause it's the kind of thing like, you know, if, if you encounter like a ball of energy, like, you know, and you're trying to talk to it, you want to look it in the eyes, but it right. doesn't have eyes. So what do you look at? And then at least this way, if they, if they have, you know, some sort of facsimile of, you know, of a face, then, you know, plus two, anything that has a facsimile of a face, we will ascribe, you know, ascribe personal qualities too. So, you know, I mean, look at like an outlet that looks kind of like a, you know, and you're like, Oh, Hey, it's Mr. Outlet. How you doing? You know? And you'll, you know, Uh, you'll you'll make friends with your outlet. Like, you know, Wilson, the volleyball. Yep. Yep. And so, and so, you know, you know, what, what, there's the meme going around right now, what post a scene from a movie that made you cry or whatever, you know, the scene where Wilson's floating away. I think that applies, but (laughs) you know, so if, if, if you, you can take an inanimate object and personify it in that regard, then it's very intelligent for them to give themselves a fate, even if that's not where they're talking from. It's just, it gives us something to fixate on when we right. communicate with them. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. It, it's interesting to me to consider their society because I think we're going to learn more about them in 9-2. I think that's where the raid comes out about it. Like, I remember there was discussion about it and then there were slides about it. So I'm like, at some point, we're going to find out more about them in their home city or their at least one of their bases. Um, but uh, like that kind of begs the question. I'm like, it's probably good that they're not necessarily warring as far as I can tell, because like, do they have like battle suits? Do they have like other kinds of suits? Can they be like the Protoss and just like grab onto each other and just like fuse into this one big suit with multiple consciences? Like, well, probably not. But now I'm wondering. Well, what if we could take... What if we could take uh, Gul'dan's knowledge of how to make Death Knights? And I'm not talking old school Death Knights where you, you shove the Alliance or no, you shove the, the, the Horde orc, uh, Terran Gorfine uh, shaman into uh, the Alliance paladin bodies. Mm-hmm. What really if we could do so- so- something like that? Right, yeah, exactly. Messed up stuff. What if you could take that knowledge that Gul'dan found and shove the broker energy into uh you know a, a corpse of a humanoid form that we're familiar with so that you could get not quite a death knight but maybe that's how you get your car your broker allied race because it's like oh it's like a dead you know it's a broker in a dead orc body maybe like that's all those things where it's like I, I kind of consider them similar to ethereals which ethereals to be fair used to have matter and then there was the a uh, horrible occurrence and then they no longer technically have the same type of matter like they're mostly energy and that's why they have the bandages so like they kind of can keep that form um i the brokers of like i don't know if you could just take a broker because i would imagine they're similar to an ethereal at this point where they're like matter but like energy i guess and like trying to shove that into a body i'm like it's not a soul as far as we think of it uh it's actually i think there is some physical entity there or there might not be but that's kind of what i understand uh so like try to like shove those together i don't know that it would work very well but uh 
I don't think they'd probably also appreciate it. Although it would be interesting to know because they have, I wonder if they can like it. So they have these interaction suits essentially, right? I'm like, I wonder if they can like possess other physical materials. Like, could you infuse, like, could you have one infuse itself into a sword? So it's kind of like, um, why can't I remember her name? The crazy sword in the Denathrius fights. It's like, ah, it's been so long. What's her name? The the, the uh, crazy sword girl. Remora? Remora. No, the good one is uh, Vol. No, it's Remoria. Remoria is the sword I was thinking of. Yes. But like. Could you have a broker, Remoria, just be like, ah, oh, yes, Ma Walker, like, I've been gaining knowledge, and yada, yada, yada. It's like, this is my walking library that also kills people. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if we find out any more about that. Um, <laughs> we got off topic again. <laughs> we got, like, ten pages into the Shadowlands know, right? book. Well, let's let's move on here a little bit. So, one other thing that they mention is that they mention that the uh, the, the the travelers from Azeroth, the mortals, don't trust them. Which yes. Is, well, which, which I mean, okay, we knew that we didn't trust them. We've talked a lot about how we don't trust them. What I find fascinating is they know that we don't trust them. So now we know that they know that we know that they don't. Wait, no, we they know that we know that everybody knows <laughs> we, don't, we don't trust them. <laughs> nobody trusts anybody. Yes. But so I I have to wonder if like. Some of the horde are like these guys are like goblins, and we like them even less now because they're like <laughs> at least the go- some of the goblins are allied with us, so they're like supposed to play nice. These guys have their own agenda, which they actually uh, very briefly mention at the end in the notes. They're like, "Oh yes, we hope like like because I, th- I found it interesting that they're like, oh, yes, we want to um, derail the jailer's agenda, but we also while the mall walkers are." you know, straightening things out, we want it to align with our own personal agenda and we're going to try and manipulate it so it does that. And I was like, this is why you don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Also, friends don't bring you money. <laughs> friends, don't, friends might bring you information, but, uh, you know, that's, that's what the cartel is for. I don't need friends. I have a cartel. I was like, well, I don't know. If you're a goblin, you can always be hopeful. <laughs> Hoping, hoping five dollars will get you a cup of coffee, or a rocket, or a rocket. Yes, <laughs> not not a B, big love rocket though. We don't talk about no. those anymore. Mm. But, uh, it's fine. So, it's a moment of silence for the love rocket. It's still around. It's just not. I know. It's not called the heartbreaker now. I know. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. They renamed it. For those of you that aren't up on the uh, WoW uh, lore, they've recently gone through and made a lot of changes to old content, which is some of them, like, I agree with, and some of them are like, we're going to rename the twin consorts. And I'm like, okay, but that's not really a problem, because that's not definition of consort. And it's just, yeah, so they, 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 they're they swinging very far in one direction, which is okay for some of the content and some of the rest of it. It's like, that's not really the problem. Are are, are you saying Blizzard had an idea and went too far with it in one direction. And then at some point they're going to have to go back the other way because Blizzard never does that. Blizzard never does that. Nope. Nope. Nobody ever does that. It's not a thing that people just do naturally. (sighs) Anyway, anyway, so, so the book. So after hmm. you get the introductory letter, the book is laid out uh, where sort of the introductory chapter is about Azeroth because. Yep. It, apparently Azeroth is very important to the cosmology overall. And so they're like, yeah, we're going to talk about some of the, the, the rituals of 
this 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 mortal society and how they they wind up here in the Shadowlands, and then it goes through you know it's, so it starts starts by talking about Azeroth and sort of the the rituals of dying. Then it goes into the act act of dying. What happens to the soul then? Then it talks about getting to Oribos. Then uh, there's a chapter each for the the zones. Uh, then the final, then you get to the maw where it talks about the what's going on in the maw, and then finally the last chapter, which we you know as we said that's the first ones and all the uh, the real big speculation stuff there. So let's start going through the uh, the things here. So let's get into the chapter one Azeroth. Um, one of the first things that they're talking about there because uh, they they talk about uh, a night elf uh, ritual mm-hmm. for when they they pass, uh, and in, as part of that they wind up talking about a loon, and then there's a quote. I cannot entirely rule out the interference of Elune, their revered deity, in this matter. As we well know, beings of her origin cannot, under any circumstances, be trusted. Yep. Although, like, okay. This is, like, when they say things like that, this is interesting because then we have to take in the author of the source, right? And I'm like, okay, like, first of all, what have the brokers potentially done to piss off, uh, like, the the covenant of the light right like i don't know or but the other thing that's interesting is through that lens we've seen when the, the light can be too extreme like what it when it was trying to um basically rewrite illidan right and be- make him become light forged uh and that was back in legion wow that took me a hot minute um so like we've we've seen and like we can talk about um gosh i need to refresh on all the lore the the Dranai lady um, who starts murdering all of the dra- um, the orcs in Draenor? <sighs> it's a level ninety boost that I keep forgetting about. Oh, um, anyway. Oh, Yorel. Uh, Yorel, thank you. Ugh, man, it's been a hot minute. Okay, but uh, so we've seen it go too far in one direction, um, which is you know, like most of us usually ascribe like either shadow or death to be the bad. I, I when they say it can't be trusted, part of me is like. I don't think anything can be trusted in the cosmos because nothing, if it does have a pure intention, it is mostly for itself. And that's, uh, they talk briefly, very, very briefly at the end that like the original seven had given parts of themselves to create this and create balance, like for existence, right? So like I think about constructs of life or death, like they are purely what they are. And therefore, like, I don't know if they actually have to struggle to maintain a balance i wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it so when they're like the light can't be trusted like probably death can't be entirely trusted either or anything else are you saying like trust is not a construct of light i mean (laughs) probably not no but i would think though and maybe the brokers aren't operating on this level although they seem machiavellian enough that they should understand it that like you can expect a light being to act like a light being. However, that light being is supposed to right. act that once you're familiar. Okay. Like this is how light beings are. This is what they're going to do. The, so, the, so the thing is though, well, one, I, I, I could swear I'm having one of those like uh, Man- Mandela effect moments here. Um, I could swear that a was on the original chronicle cosmology chart under the light. And she is not, she is not listed on here anywhere as far as i can tell say i don't remember her being there no she's not so i'm like wait what, what why did i remember that wrong because actually i dug out my cro- copy of chronicle unless somebody somehow edited my copy of chronicle that was in my little bookshelf um, <laughs> you know then, then, then you know, she was never there so one of the things that seems to be happening here is because like we we get 
you know, the impression that Elune is very much an agent of life. Mm-hmm. But we've also seen Elune talk about as being of the light, right? Or am I am I completely off base on that? I've always assumed Elune was of the light. I I I'm not sure where the light is coming from. I think the only reason I think that that could be you might have found something there is like there have been I think there at least is one, but there I think there might be two night elf paladins. Um, but I'm trying to remember like if there was anything specific. I could see, like in Loon's Righteous Fury, I could see it being interpreted as light. Uh, because Loon very much, like, I think it's Anshe is the sun, right? Like, right. Uh, although Loon is an actual entity, and I'm not sure if Anshe is, but uh, since they're often together in Torin lore, I could see it being associated that way. Because right. Anshe is worshipped by the paladins, right? So Anshe is worshipped as a being of light. Uh, and so, I, I don't know. I guess I could see that. Uh, it is kind of interesting though, because like the moon. I I think there yeah, was but- somewhere else in the game though. I feel like that there was something that tied it loosely, because I feel like I I remember that as well. well we've also had a loon compared to a Naru. Yes, that's true. And the Naru are definitely on the chart here on the uh, by the light. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's not entirely out of out of you know nowhere, but it's. It just feels like they're shifting Elune's place in the cosmology. Yeah. Like, for whatever reason, I feel like uh, maybe it was mentioned in Chronicle. Like, in that might have been one of those things where it was, like, kind of dubious where they, they might sort of, like, mention it in passing. Like, ah, like the healing of Elune, like, via her moonlight or something. I don't know. Like... It may, it's, in some ways, it makes more sense if she was aligned with light instead of life. Although, understanding her ties to the night elves and just like druid, uh, druids and shamans, and there's another one that I'm forgetting. Um, just basically people that are involved with nature that makes sense. But like, I kind of if I had to put her in the cosmology, I would have put her in between light and life well, because that's kind of what she seems to represent. I think I've mentioned this before. I don't. I don't remember. Um, there's the one fight in, uh, at the end, not, um, uh, the night hold, uh, where you fight the one life, uh, it's the, I want to say it's like the one botanist that turned. Oh, and I think, yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. And they use, they, they use life magic, but they specifically use arcane, uh, nature magic. Yes. And, and light. Light. Yes. Those three, like those three together are like w- what you need, you know, I guess order, you know, light and life itself, like, like life itself. Like those are the three that you need for actual like life to kind of be created. Mm -hmm. And so if Elune is sort of a life deity, maybe she sort of transcends nature and light. And also, I guess, arcane by that logic that, you know, like basically like that half of the, the chart, again, if you want to start, you know, making, you know, changing the perspective on these things, you know, kind of cut the chart in half. And that's the, the Elune side. And then I wonder if if that's the case, then does she have an alternate? Is that supposed to be Zoval or maybe one of the Void Lords or something that's trying to take over like Disorder and Death and Shadow? Because uh, we've we've got we we sort of have one being for each of those spheres instead. Okay, yeah. So like I pulled up my the original cosmology chart because I wanted to see this. Um, nature and holy. Like the light, they're next to each other in the cosmos, so I could see her kind of potentially being in between. I don't know. Yeah. Like it makes sense, 
But also, like, I don't, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they're like retweaking some of the uh, entities that we've encountered to better fit the narrative. Because, like, up until this point, they've been very, I'd say, wishy washy and non committal on like, and like we didn't before, you know, Chronicle, we didn't have this chart. So we had, we we're kind of going blind. Uh, and we didn't know that. I mean, I guess in a way we could surmise that there are different pillars, but like to have it laid out here, well, uh, I don't know. The thing too about this chart though, that's kind of pointed out uh, with, you know, when we see the, the, uh, the chart in Grimoire is that this is very much a two-dimensional chart of abstract concepts that are not necessarily two or even three dimensional at all. Um, right. you know, like I've often considered this more to be like trying, you know, try to like draw all the sides of a Rubik's cube on a piece of paper. <laughs> yes. It's, you know, it's going to look funky. And so I've often thought of this more like, okay, like maybe like, e you know, each of these six forces is sort of a side of a cube. And so, yeah, you think it looks like, like, yeah, okay. You could have shadow and light across from each other. And, you know, you think like, okay, well, light's not touching death because it's, you know, down at the bottom of the chart there. But no, actually, if you think about like a cube, like that light's going to be touching the other four sides. It's, um, yeah, it, 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 it's, you know, it's one of those things where they've given us this. And I just wonder if we're too married to, I think some of us are too married to this because when they saw the, the, the grimoire version, they kind of lost their minds a little bit, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and I think to what Taliesin and Evatel did a nice little thing where they had like a little 3d model that they kind of flipped around to show how like both charts could be accurate depending mm -hmm. on your perspective. That, like, yeah, I think that's what's important to remember is like the charts that we have are they're all narrations, I guess. Like, yeah, they're not a I don't know. They're they're not a specific idea. Like, they don't exist in so far as the like physically, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so I would expect these to actually change over time, and I would fully expect like narratively these to shift around because it would actually be neat for them to do that. Like have our understanding change over the course of the story about how some of these are laid out and some of the truths. It also gives them a lot of wiggle room for the narrative, which is I think really important because there's, there's a lot of lore like overall tied into all of these. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we get more perspectives and if the, ch like the charts change more for other perspectives like if we happen to go somewhere with like disorder like a, a legion planet or something and someone's like drawn their own cosmology chart like how does that change uh what it would look like so um i don't know sorry i love the cosmology chart it's great trying to see actually there's something this is really random i don't I'm sure it's been pointed out somewhere. I just noticed that they're like on the borders of the cosmology chart. There's like little shells and I don't know what that's for. Like there's, um, I guess to try and explain it, there are like little legends around it, but each one has a shell in it and two of them have the same type of shell and two of them have different shells, but all of the little like icons look different. And I just noticed that. And I don't know if that's just like, some fun filigree that someone did or if it means something because i feel like with chronicle everything means something it means that we are but a grain of sand on the beach and <laughs> the shell each, is the greater cosmos <laughs> it's yeah there's just you know millions of other cosmoses just next to us waiting to be washed out with the tide well it's interesting because each one of these 
um shells like this one looks uh the one in the bottom left i would say looks like it has like arcanum like uh scrolls and stuff wrapped around it where the one in the top left has vines wrapped around it so like um that of uh kind of life because it's near the life corner well, disorder and there, there's also yeah. there's there's one at each corner but then there's also one uh on the half point of the page vertically so there's actually six of them around the page yeah. I didn't see that one. <sighs> what do you mean, strange shells? Katie just derails the entire podcast by noticing a new detail. My bad, guys. Um, well, by that logic, if okay, so if a loon is situated between life and light, mm-hmm. that's I mean that would be the shell in the upper left corner. So I'm looking at that and I'm trying to think, has that symbol ever been used in association with a loon at all? I, I don't think so. I don't recall any, um, any shells. Like I, I, now I, now I feel like I need to go through like Ulduar and stuff and be like, are there shells somewhere in this, like in the design that I've been missing? I, at least three of them look like shells. Uh, I think the fourth one is supposed to be a shell. It's just a lot smaller. Um, but you're right. Like, What's interesting about how they're presented is that in each corner, it kind of looks like a combination of the two nearest uh, constructs. So like light and life, um, the the shell there has like vines wrapped around it, but it also has a lot of the kind of like angularity that the Naruto. So I can see that being like kind of the in-between there. Um, the one that's between death and shadow has like chains all over it, which very much reminds me of the Maw. Um, and it's also angular, but in a very different style. It kind of looks a lot like something you'd find uh, in the Maw. Uh, but it also reminds me a little bit of like the shadow as well. So, um, huh. Again, sorry I just derailed everything for a, a couple <laughs> pictures of shells, but I was like, I didn't notice those before. So cosmology charts are fun because yes. you always find something new. Yes. <laughs> something new to like pull your hair out over and some person's just like, you know, I feel like I should put something in the corner here. And then they're like, oh, well, I can't do it all the same because that's boring and it probably means nothing. I'm probably just, you know. Yes. No, that, 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 in the corner that's always the, the great risk of any, <laughs> of any podcast or speculation based, uh, you know, content creator is that, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be chasing, you know, chasing, uh, you know, metaphorical windmills. But uh, yeah, let's let's move on here, though. Um, okay, so they they talk about the goblin ritual for passing, which we learned about in uh, uh, the fa- folk- fairy tales and folk- folklore. Yes, yes, which uh, is amazing, and I love it. Um, so, so remind me again, because they one of the things that they do is they they actually interview, they talk to the people that passed, and they're like, okay, right. you know, so you passed, you know, how did your funeral go? What are you doing here? <laughs> and so in this case, they actually talked to Trade Prince Donai. Yes. And yes. I I love him. Uh, so I actually, <laughs> I may have done a high-pitched, excitable screech when I read that they were talking to him because he's, for those of you that either didn't play or don't remember, he is uh, at the Pleasure Palace and he's one of the few goblins you can go interact with. And he's sitting kind of out like in this deck and he's just sitting on a pile of gold and you go up to him and you're like, Hey, I think it's Donis, uh, but he's like, oh, hey, like, 
what are you doing? Or like, who are you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't have enough time to talk to you. I'm way too important. Like, look at all my money. Uh, and so like one of the few things, I think this was actually in the um, uh, Jaster Gallywick's short story is they talk about how Donis likes perfume. So like, long story short, he's not anyone of immense consequence, but as a goblin fan, I'm like, I knew immediately who he was because he's one, very snarky. Two, he's one of the few goblins at the Pleasure Palace you can actually hang out with. And three, they talk about him being dead after uh, the Pleasure Palace gets sacked. So uh, they're kind of like, oh yeah, that guy, yeah, he died. He had this like super luxurious funeral, but it's like the jury's kind of out whether he was actually a trade prince or not. Like, they said he was, but he was never affiliated with any cartels in game for us to be like, ah, yes, he's part of X cartel, which, and I'm sorry, I'm derailing the podcast over my goblin theories, but we know of, I think, three major goblin cartels. I think may actually maybe four, if I can uh, recall, there's one that I'm not thinking of, but um, there, that, that brings up the the possibility of a lot more cartels that are smaller that we don't know about. And so for me, I was like, I don't know which one Donis is aligned to because we know all the leaders of the current cartels that we have. So I was like, okay, if he's a trade prince, he's got to be the leader of one of the cartels. And like, maybe he's like, can you make your own cartels? And like, Katie's doing this whole like lore deep dive on like goblin society stuff from this one NPC that is completely inconsequential, but I love him anyways because he's snarky and tells you to go mind your own gosh darn business. Uh, he's like, I, I, I don't have time to talk to you. I just talk to the hand. Like, he's very pushy. Uh, but yes, as I said, when he when he dies, which I don't believe you actually get to see him, like, you just hear secondhand through some other goblins. They're like, wow, what a stinking jerk. Like, F that guy. He's like, yeah, he, he had just this pile of gold. And he, like, he had his funeral, like, written out to a T. Like, he had, like, the band he wanted to play, like, the coffin he wanted. Like, he had everything. And so after seeing that, right, like in knowing the um, the folktales book, I was like, ah, like a lot of the these notes are starting to connect. But uh, but yes, that's who Donis is. Katie knows way too much about him. The end. That was the TLDR. <laughs> I figured. No, w- once again, because we mentioned this too when we did uh, fairy tales and folklore. I was super excited. I was like, oh, there's a, ch- a little thing on goblins, and then like a few pages later, oh, there's a thing on Torin. Like they're, they're they're doing this so that we'll like the book. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, yeah. I was just really excited because, like, I didn't think Donis was someone we'd ever like hear from again. But like, it was interesting that okay, I'm sorry, I'll make it very brief. But it was interesting that he was a named character, which we think he was named after one of the devs specifically, which would make a lot of sense. Uh, but he actually had dialogue. It's not like he was just a character sitting out in nowhere. He was a character sitting on a pile of gold that would interact with you very briefly and was snarky and kind of a jerk. And I love him for that because I love goblins. So, yeah, I don't know. He probably, like, I think there was probably, like, a story and then, like, the devs are just having fun with it. And so they just kind of, like, ran with it. And they're like, okay, he doesn't, he's not going to show up. He's not important. But here's, like, here's, we're actually, like, putting a little bit of thought into this guy instead of just making him a nod. So, uh, that's Donis. <laughs> yes. So do you have anything else to say about the goblin section? How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we'll pass for now. I can do a, I, I'd actually like to do a whole podcast on Goblin Society and the things that I know, but, or the things that I have uh, theorized and all that, but we won't do that now. This is, this is broader Shadowlands. Do not get Katie started on Goblins because we know what happens, <laughs> as we just saw. So no. Yes. We're good for now. All right. So then uh, next they do a Kulturan. Uh, funeral. 
And yes, this one is uh, for Tide Sage Brother Parker. And I don't remember him being a named character, but I'm guessing, I mean, if they, they mentioned his name, I feel like he must have showed up somewhere. But uh, um, I don't remember him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was in some of the Alliance quests. It's like, I'm trying to remember that the name sounds familiar, but I don't remember him off the top oh. of my head. I should have looked him up. I, he I don't think he no, he's not the one that becomes the Forsaken. That's a different no, guy. No, I don't think so. Um, no, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like he and like what's cool about these is he might even be like an NPC in a quest that you need to kill. Right. Yeah. So I wouldn't even be surprised if it was something like that, which. I'd actually love it if they did that, because then I'd be like, haha, look, you ha- look at your consequences. Look what you've wrought. And I'd be like, oh, now I feel bad. Ran into a dude I murdered. There's, there's, a, lot of du- there's a lot of dudes we've murdered over the years. Yeah. I, yeah. I was wait. Okay. It's a really minor aside. I was waiting for someone to run up to me in the Shadowlands, just like a, a random NPC, and like, you! Very explicit, like, <laughs> you killed me. And I'd be like, I sorry, who are you? And they were like, Do you not remember? Like in this what like they like list out this one thing. You're like, nah, man, I, I don't I don't know who you are. I, I'm like a murder hobo. I kill everybody all the time. So like <laughs> you're gonna have to be a little more specific. <laughs> you know, we don't have player ha- housing, so calling us a murder hobo is very accurate. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't even consider that, but you're not wrong. <sighs> no, but the uh, the culturons they have like a little funeral. Uh, I guess a dirge. Uh, and I thought it was funny. One of the lines in there was wonder not for whom the lighthouse shines. It shines for thee. So I glossed over this earlier. Uh, I felt pressed for time. Um, but jokes on us. Time is not a construct of podcasting. We make our own time. So uh, when we were talking about the Culturon funeral services, I said uh, there was a line of significance. Wonder not for whom the lighthouse shines. It shines for thee. And I didn't explain why that's significant. Uh, And the reason why is because it's a reference to a line from a poem by the old English poet, John Donne. Uh, The poem is Meditation 17, better known as No Man is an Island. And I'm going to go ahead and read that here now. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less as well as if a promontory were, as well as any manner of thy friends or of thine own were, any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind, and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. And so that's a bit of a, I wouldn't really say like a funeral dirge, but it's more about just the general uh, you know, connectivity of mankind and how, you know, when somebody dies, all of mankind is affected. And therefore, uh, you know, John Dunn in this case says that he's also affected by that. And, you know, that's a, it's, it's a, a common sen- sentiment, uh, but it's, it's interesting here uh, because in general, the cult Tyrans, uh, their culture, especially their naval culture is very much, uh, you know, based in the old England, uh, you know, that sort of style, um, you know, they're, you know, that that's the sort of setting that they pull from Calteras is an island, England is an island, and it's significant in that regard for them to say that no man is an island because that references the fact that the Calteron culture is an island, um, but it also does talk about how interconnected they are. So uh, I just wanted to go ahead and reference that and uh, take care. So that uh, that's a nice little reference there. Um, <laughs> then next we get the, the Torin uh funeral ritual which is interesting that they talk to tamala who is the wife of cairn who is the father and therefore she's the mother of bane 
Yes, which I was like happy to see her. I I think she had been referenced before, but I I'm a little shaky. Like I don't think we ever see an NPC model for her, even as a ghost. If I remember, like I, I don't think so, but I could be wrong, so I apologize if that is incorrect. But um, I was really happy to see her though, because like the the understanding why the Torin are able to like kind of stick around as ancestors for a while, and like that broadly could reach out to a lot of different races. Like it helps explain and put into context a lot of the stuff that we didn't really have before. Uh, so that was really cool. Yeah. So she had passed away of sickness. And then what was interesting is because the Torin we know, I mean, you know, they have the little red rocks area where they put the bodies and we've seen Torin talk to their ancestors on a regular basis. And so how do you square that with what we've seen in the Shadowlands? And uh, so the, it's, you know, regarding Torin spirit walkers being able to summon spirits at red rocks, uh, the quote is investigation into this phenomenon has resulted in little tangible evidence as to the veracity of these claims. However, while I do not find this race to be inherently skilled at deception, I cannot rule out the possibility that they are susceptible to mass delusion. Mm. So they're basically saying like, yeah, so th- th- that doesn't actually happen. Um, but Tamala basically says like, no, like the Torin hang out on Azeroth a little bit longer than the other races because they need, they want to be near their loved ones. And so right now she's not with Cairn, even though they're both dead and they both should be together in the afterlife. She waited around for him until he died. Then he died. And then they, I guess they were together for like a hot minute. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to go move on now since you're dead. I'll see you later. And now he's waiting around for Bane to make sure that Bane can be a suitable leader. He's, he's there in case Bane needs to call on him for anything. And mm-hmm. so basically like the, the Kyrian show up and they're like, Hey, you know, Torn, let's go. And the Torn's like, I'll catch the next Kyrian. I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> I'll catch the next bus. I have a pass card. Yeah. We're good. I've got the train schedule. I know when I yeah, can Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I thought that was kind of cool because in some ways, like, I don't want to extrapolate it to other races, but we've definitely seen like the orcs call on their ancestors and trolls as well. Like. I can see it being, it's good to know that there, even if it's not the whole soul that sticks around, that like there can be an echo or a fragment actually is. Uh, Weston Spaz said that um, in the chat. So I was like, yeah, it makes sense if like either there can be echoes or fragments or even the whole thing can stick around. Uh, and from what we understand in Azeroth, we've seen a lot of examples where the souls aren't allowed to pass on, where they're, they're captured here. But this is one of the, at least as far as I think, think about it this is one of the first times that they confirm that souls can just stay here for as long as they want to like they don't they're not forcibly moved to the shadowlands like they can just kind of hang out if they want to i think at least for the tauren and I, that might be uh more prevalent with people to have a closer connection to nature but uh i'm, I'm not sure it's just kind of like an interesting thing to consider because i think of like karazhan right and all of the ghosts there and i'm like i don't think all of them are actually the full sentient like uh, Tala is, I would guess that they're more like echoes of people that have died. And maybe it is almost like an Uther scenario where they're kind of split, where it's like a fracture uh, that happened, you know? Um, So, (laughs) No, it goes back to my theory that like souls are not very cohesive, that like, like they can pretty much like leave spiritual residue almost wherever they go and, you know, yeah, so there's a little bit of a soul here, a little bit of a soul there. Um, it does seem that in the case of the Torrin, like there is a bit more of an intentional effort to leave, you know, if they don't leave the whole so they leave most of it. Although if Karen was split in some fashion, it was only an echo of him waiting, I think Tamala would have known that, that she would have been like, oh no, I'm with Karen right. here. And it seems very clear, like, no, like the Torrin have some kind of special thing that they figured out where like they can 
they, you know, they, they can hang out a little bit longer before they move on. Right. No, I, I definitely don't dispute that. And I feel like uh, probably some of like the trolls and the orcs probably have something similar where some of their ancestors can do some uh, something similar. They didn't say that, but I would guess it might be a similar principle. Uh, and I also wonder, I have to wonder, like, if when a soul departs, it, it feels like there is still things it needs to do. Like if that is a strong enough tie so that they don't they like they can't be forcibly moved to the Shadowlands. So it's almost like an anchor that they're keeping themselves here until there's resolution to whatever it is. Like Tamala's like, I, you know, I want to wait for Karen. And that's like, you know, her unfinished business. Like we didn't depart at the same time. And I, you know, kind of want to stick around for everyone. Then Karen dies and Karen's like, I need to see Bane through this time of trial. Right. Like I want to be there to mentor him or whatever it is. Like he feels that Bane needs him badly enough that he does not want to move on. So he stays. Um, in his entirety, I would say. Um, yeah, sorry, just just interesting thought. Like, this is the thing that I was hoping that Grimoire would, you know, more information on. So, like, we could just kind of get, like, bits and pieces, and then we're kind of left to fill in the blank for other things. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that that's how it seem, always seems to go. Um, so then, uh, you know, we talk a little bit more. And they talk about the, the, the forces of death on Azeroth, and in particular, they mention Odin. And they basically they tell the story of Odin and Hela, or uh, you know from or Helia from uh, Helia from, Helia from their perspective, um, and basically they're like, yeah, Odin sucked. <laughs> I mean, he did and still does. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm like that. That's not up for debate in my mind. Odin's a jerk. So it's fine. It's fine. I don't. So this is coming from someone that's like, yeah, goblins are awesome. So you know, if I'm like, yeah, this guy's a real jerk, then. I don't know. Maybe that just means I have a bad taste in characters. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's like a super straight laced guy. I'm like, yeah, what a jerk. Oh, he's actually a jerk though. F Odin. Yeah. I, I think everybody agrees that Odin, Odin's just, Odin's crappy. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Katie and I go, we go for quite some time after this. So we're going to cut that there. <laughs> We have a lot to say on a lot of things. Yeah, I I, I kind of got caught off guard by that. I shouldn't have been, but uh, that's life sometimes. Uh, so uh, that has been the Torn and the Goblin number one thirty three. Uh, thank you to Jarrett for producing. Thank you to Kurabara for editing. Thank you everybody in the chat room. We had Ali and Solaris Wesson and Shantyman Gaming come by. Uh, so thank you all, and thank you everybody at home for downloading and listening. We are at Torn Goblin on Twitter, also at the Mash Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Katie, where can people find you? You can find me at always at Hyrule Master 77 on Twitter. And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast. This week we should be talking about uh, I believe Omega uh, getting there, getting Zaid, and uh, getting Morden Solis, who is a fun, fun character. I am the very model of a scientist hilarious. Yes! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I love that guy. Yes. 
Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at dis- mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions at torngoblin at mash.gg. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can and visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content. Also, look for those in the chat room. Please consider a Twitch subscription if you can, and you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons Network. Our next episode is scheduled to record. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Just, fo- <laughs> just follow us on Twitter. That's, I, 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 that's all I'm going to just say. Just follow us on Twitter. To find out when our next episode is scheduled to record. We'll get back on a regular recording schedule uh, in time here. Uh, for Katie, I'm Nick. Ancestors watch over you. Time is two-part podcasts, friends. Oh yes, it is. Time is <laughs> time is expired because it's very late. It's we should just give them the waste of time, you know, like uh, the belt in Warcraft. Like here you go, everyone gets one <laughs> for listening to the two part podcast. Every every podcaster that's done like an hour and a half podcast just get that automatically. <laughs> or the listeners. <laughs> or the listener, yeah, they they, they they deserve they deserve a mount. They really do. All right. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 